you can go with me to the book of first John chapter 5 God is a good God God is a very good God all right do me a favor I want you to do this for me why don't you look at somebody look at somebody real good look at them dead in the eye and tell them something good come on tell them like you mean to say something good is about to happen for you Hallelujah. Come on, say it one more time. Prophesy over them. Say something good is about to happen for you. Something big. Something big. Hallelujah. Something big. It's in the house tonight. Something big is about to happen for you in the name of Jesus. Come on and say, I receive it tonight. Hallelujah. Go to 1 John chapter 5. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like preaching tonight. So go with me to 1 John chapter 5. I got two verses for you. I'm going to hit this real quick and we're going to be out of here. Last Sunday, my uh, last Sunday, Minister Hill, a.k.a. we know him by OG. He, been, he opened up our message series of Heaven Listens. Uh, Heaven Listens is all about teaching you that how the, 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 the power of prayer and that power, the prayer is powerful because heaven listens. Let me tell you some powerful prayers, powerful God, and a powerful God that brings powerful results. That's why I'm going to tell you now something big is about to happen for you. You ready for it tonight? First John chapter 5, verse 14, verses 15. So he opened up the message with Psalm 116, talking about my personal passion for prayer. I don't have time to go fully in detail with it, uh, but you have to listen to it because it gives us the, 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 the ground, the basis, the foundation of what this series is about because heaven listens. And reason why heaven listens, because God loves us. Prayer is centered around this thing called love. And so we thank God for it tonight. All right. And so I, I'm not going to try to piggyback on the same stuff, but we'll go somewhere with this. So it says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he what? Hears us. And if we know that he does what? Hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked of him. I want you to notice those three words. What does it say? He hears us. I want you to say, God hears me. You got to put it in your spirit. Say, God hears me. Hallelujah. And so I want to continue to talk to you about heaven listens. And I'm going to talk about, I'm talk, I'm going to talk to you tonight. The confidence we have, the confidence we have. While Minister Hill was preaching last Sunday to us, he, he, he went to 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, and something that just stuck out to me is two words. Well, actually one word, confidence. Yeah. Earlier in this year, I talked about confidence, yeah. and that was a crucial message for our, for our church, talking about how we must have this holy boldness. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, there should be a holy boldness that you and I walk with. And we should be walking with a holy boldness because of whom we serve. And we should walk with a holy boldness because of who we are in relationship with. 
Ladies and gentlemen, what I find that if we are embarrassed by someone, we don't like to be seen with them. What I begin to learn that if you are embarrassed by who you are call your boo, then you try to say you go in there first and then I come afterwards. You sit over there, I sit over here. You don't really know what's going on. See, ladies and gentlemen, it's all about that this boldness that we have because of who we are connected with. There's just something about being connected with the right squad that when you walk in places with them, it feels like y'all run the stuff. You know what I mean? You come in there, you look snatched up, you look, you're looking good, and you, you and your people, you're in there, and you come in there, and you, you just, nobody can tell y'all nothing. Because you walk in there with a holy boldness. Ladies and gentlemen, what I find that's very interesting about us and God is that we don't have that same confidence that we would have with, uh, uh, with God that we have with people. Matter of fact, I would venture to say that we are more confident in people than what we are in God. Because if we are so sure of God, why is it that we do not go to God as we should? If we are so confident in God, why is it, ladies and gentlemen, that we kind of treat God as someone that we don't want to be seen with? Or that we want to hide who we are because we are in Christ? Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm telling us tonight is that if we have such a boldness about God, then we must be, then we must walk in the boldness that we have in Christ. That's what we must do tonight. And and it's this word, it just kept ringing in my spirit all this week. And while I was asking God, I was asking God, why are you saying this? Because what God is telling us, TCF, is he's saying over your life, no more timid prayers. No more praying timid. No more coming to God with your timid prayers. No more coming to God with, oh, God, if you can please do this. No, God is saying that I want to be treated as you treat other folk. If you're going to come confident to them, then you're going to come confident to me. Give me a little bit more volume. So here's the deal. The actual reality of this situation is God is saying that he wants us as a church, us as a people to bold, be bold by what we come to God with. Everybody tells you, oh, you should be very careful what you pray to God with tonight. Hallelujah. There's such a thing called dangerous prayers. Hallelujah. And you know that might be true, but let me tell you something. If you're not if you're not bold to pray as confident as you should, then what's the point of coming to him anyway? The Bible begins to tell us here in 1 John chapter 5 that we should ask him anything. And ladies and gentlemen, God is asking and God is requiring confidence. I believe Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. It says it like this, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help uh, to help in time of need. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me tonight that God did not say, uh, uh, the scripture is not telling us that we should come timid before the throne of grace. He's not saying that you should come, uh, uh, you should come uh, 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 timid or fearful to come to God. 
So many of us have a bad perception of God, and that's the reason why you don't come to him like you should. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, some of you got to overcome your perception of God before you can even get anything from him. Because most of the time, this, oh my God, I hear you, I hear you, Holy Ghost. The, uh, the Bible says in James that it's hard for a double-minded man to receive anything from God. You should not even expect it. Because you have a bad perception of who God is. Some of you don't think of God as loving. Some of you think of God as being someone who just sits there and wants to see you fail. Some of you don't think that you can come to God as you are. Some of you think that you want to hide who you are in front of God when the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord goes from to and fro. There is nowhere that you can hide from the presence of God. I don't care what you think that you're doing. You may be in dirt. You may be doing stuff that is on the sneak tip. But guess what? It's not in the sneak tip to God. God sees everything and he knows everything. The issue is God knows who you are. So don't come to him pretending to be something that you are not. You are not fooling anybody but yourself. God knows about your disgusting self. God knows about those things in your life that nobody else knows about, that you don't talk about. God knows. There's nothing that you can hide from God. And most of us have it in our, oh my God. But God still says, come unto me. Hallelujah. Jesus says, come unto me and I'll give you rest. Ladies and gentlemen, God is not a God with closed arms. God is a God with open arms. And he's requiring to come to you. Come to him just as you are. It don't matter who you are. God says, come. Hallelujah. If you're confused, come to God. If you don't know which way that you should go, come to God. If you are looking for God to give you clarity and purpose in your life, the Bible says, ask anything in my name. Jesus, I praise you tonight. He says, ask anything. Ooh, so why do I have this confidence? Because of my relationship. <laughs> Most of us, I would venture in the room, would say that we wouldn't feel comfortable with talking to people that we don't know. <laughs> to my introverted people in the room. To the introverts in the room. Most of you, it takes you a while to warm up to anybody. You got to look at them for a while. It takes a lot of anxiety to just say hello. You don't want to be awkward with the way you come across. Because you're an introvert. <laughs> you like being to yourself. And even if somebody comes across you and say, hey, hello. You just nod your head. <laughs> it's not that you're a mean person. It's just that you're not as open to them as they are with you. People come to you and be so open to want to have conversation. And you say to yourself, why are you talking to me? (laughs) We just work together. That's it. (laughs) We're just at work here. What do you mean that you want to have a full-blown conversation with me and tell me your life? I didn't ask for this. 
So many people are like introverts with God. Huh. I'm trying to break down prayer to be so simple to you tonight. It's a matter of relationship. The reason why you have confidence is because you know who the person is. However, the reason why you don't have confidence is because you never got the time to get to know who God is. So why you're not praying, why, you, why your prayers are ineffective is because you don't pray from a place of relationship. You pray from a place of obligation. There's a difference from approaching God in obligation versus praying to him in relationship. The reason why I'm confident, not in the ritual, but in the relationship, as Minister Hill was saying, is because of the type of thing is that when I talk to God, he talks back. Let me debunk this myth to you tonight that God don't speak. God has a lot to say. And guess what? Let me tell you something. The reason why you're not hearing nothing because you ain't spent time with him. And the reason why even in your spending time with him, you don't approach him in the way that you should. Because that those who come to him must first believe that he, he is and that he's a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. But if you're coming to God in a way that you believe that he's not a rewarder, that he always keeps his arms closed, your prayers are ineffective because of the heart in which it came out of. Yeah. Hallelujah. If you come to God in doubt, how can you receive anything? Many of us, when we were younger, we asked our parents for certain things. Come on, anybody in, my, in the room just like me. I wanted Jordans. My dad was cheap. I love him dearly. He said, no. I came with him in such confidence. I said I did the bathrooms. I cleaned up anything I could clean just to get me a pair of Jordans. See, but in doing all of that, I came with confidence. Many of us came to our parents and said, can I, can I get $20? Just $20. You know what I mean? Well, what you do to get $20? What you need to $20 for? You came so confidently. You asked being unashamed. Hear me. You asked being unashamed. Many of people ask in shame. People ask God for stuff in the nature in which they were delivered from and not in the nature that they are now in with Christ. Even if you messed up, if you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. However, if you're approaching God in your guilt and in your shame, you feel reluctant to talk to God because there's something with your relationship. Are you hearing me tonight? You see what I'm saying? Point one is because I have a relationship. I talk to people I have a relationship with. <laughs> we should pray confidently with confidence because of, of, because of we are in a relationship. We are in a relationship with God. We are in a relationship with God. We have a relationship with the Lord. That's where I pray from. I pray in relationship with him. But if I don't pray from that place, God, Jesus sent to God, sent his son, Jesus, so that he can repair the line of communication. Communication was not as it was in the garden. Prayer. Communion is prayer. Let me tell you something. Worship. The word worship in the Hebrew comes from the word. Uh, it also means intimacy. And guess what? Intimacy 
does not have a set time. <laughs> intimacy, I heard this yesterday from Apostle Randy McLean. It was amazing. He said intimacy does not have a set time, but it's an ongoing thing. Matter of fact, do you not know that even when the earth and heaven cease to exist, guess what? Intimacy with the Father will be long-lasting through eternity. Because worship is an act of intimacy with God. <laughs> Prayer is a form of worship. It is a form, another way of intimacy with God. I come from that place of my relationship with God. With pure intimacy. Hallelujah. When you are with somebody, you like to be intimate with them. You like to be around them. You want to hug them. You want to be, girl, I don't want to ever, I want you to ever leave my side. Boy, I don't ever leave my side. You want to you, you be intimate with them. You want them to speak to you in a way that, they under, that, that, that stimulates your soul. Like, oh, my God, boy, you said that like that. Ooh, just got the chills going on. All of that going on, that's what intimacy does. Oh, y'all don't try to act like y'all saved in this room tonight. You know where that blushing feeling comes from? It's because they're speaking to you. Oh, he's just speaking the right things. He's, oh, my God, he loved God, too. Ladies, that's how y'all be. When you find out the dude is actually saved and actually got away, go, oh, my God, Jesus, is this true? Can this possibly be? It's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's Boaz that now dropped out of the heaven. Brothers, you are the same way. When you see that girl and you see her, and oh, my God, she talking the language that she talk. Oh, my God. And she fine, too. And she, oh, my God, and, oh, my goodness, look. You ask God, say, hey. Lord, I might going to have to step in the water with this one. Because it's a relationship, ladies and gentlemen. Let me, let me move. Part two, let me move. Uh, number two, let me, let me, let me move. We should pray with confidence because of the character and ability of our God. Here's the deal. Many of us, we don't come to God because we don't believe in the character of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you're going to pray with confidence, you pray with confidence in knowing the character of God that he loves you. God loves you. Say it with me. God loves me. God loves me. I pray from a place of confidence because in my relationship with him, I understand the love he has towards me. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. Here's the deal. You come to God with fear because you don't really know God. Because the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. Because of the love of God. The love of God is what brings us and draws us to his presence. It is his goodness to love a person because his faithfulness is not negated by our unfaithfulness. But yet I come to God in faith. I come to him because of his character of loving me and I know his ability to answer. I know his ability. I know the power of God. Ladies and gentlemen, the power of God is real. It is real. Most people don't talk about the power of God. The power of God in most people's churches are not even being effect. It's dead, dry. Just because in the look you might have everything don't mean the power of God is there. 
Most of our churches, we operate mechanically when it comes down to uh, worship. It's all mechanical. That's what we do. We have the lights. We have the screens. We know our set list. Matter of fact, it's so mechanical these days that we put the worship set list on our Instagram pages. I don't know what that means. Like people are going, unbelievers are going to come to your church just because you're singing awesome God. They don't know what that means. <laughs> Who are you talking about? It's so mechanical. Come to church this Sunday. Guess what we are singing this Sunday? We're singing Unstoppable God. What does that mean? Who cares? If the worship's happening, it's so mechanical, you, nothing's going to happen in that. Because let, remember, let me tell you something. If we come in one accord, the Bible says where there's two or three gathered in his name, there I will be in the midst. If you believe in that ability that he will dwell there, that he'll meet you there. Most people don't come to church because they don't believe that God will meet them there. Hallelujah. Hey, here's the reality. When blind Bartimaeus saw that Jesus was coming, he knew that Jesus could meet him where he was. When the woman at, oh my God, with the woman with the issue of blood came, oh my God, came to Jesus, she understood that where Jesus is, I can meet him there. Ah, and I can be made whole ladies and gentlemen that's why people when you feel comfortable are just sitting at your house and watching from Facebook that don't mean anything because there's something that happens when you are in the house of God that begins to expect the great exchange where your ashes be turned into beauty and your sorrow be turned into joy Hallelujah. The power of God is so tangible. It is so real to the very thing of strongholds that were on you will begin to break and erase because the power of God is there. There's something about everybody wants to talk about mental illness. Everybody wants to talk about what's going on with their minds. Ladies and gentlemen, mental illness is a real thing. But there's a problem when you claim it. Hallelujah tonight. The very fact of the matter, let me tell you something. The Bible is very clear about mental illness. How do I know this? Preach, Brandon, I think I will. Philippians 4 verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. Ladies and gentlemen, people have down great and such the power of prayer that to the very fact of the matter prayer will do nothing for you but let me tell you something you need faith along with works you can go to counseling but if counseling is not enough you better take it to God because God can do things and meet you at your soul than what a counselor can do because God is the great and awesome counselor hallelujah If your spirit is being tormented, if you're going through bad stuff in your life, Jesus said, come unto me, I'll give you rest. Come to me, all ye that heavy laden, I'll give you rest. 
Hallelujah. Stop downgrading the power of prayer. Stop downgrading what God can do for your life. Stop downgrading God's ability. I don't care if you got a mental imbalance, a chemical imbalance in your mind. God can very fix that very thing. And you say, God fix me. God will fix you on the inside. Take everything outside of you that's not like him. God will do what you need him to do for your life. Whereas everybody in our world dealing with anxiousness and anxiety, why is it on all time high? Ah, Jesus talks more about mental illness. Do not worry about what you should eat or drink. Come on, preach, Brandon. I think I will tonight. Hallelujah. But seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. I know you're dealing with it tonight. I know it may be heavy on your spirit, but if you take it to God, I guarantee you God can do something in your life. I guarantee you, as well as I know my name, Brandon Benjamin Hill, that God will do something. God is powerful. God is mighty. And God is faithful. And he will do it. Jesus Christ. I praise you tonight. God is beyond this natural realm. I come to him in prayer. You got stuff going on at your job. Why are you being taken back into a corner? Why are you running? Hallelujah. You have something in your arsenal that's greater than what's against you. Hallelujah. The power of prayer and knowing its ability is being able to call fire and by fire and by force over any person, over anything that would try to exalt itself over the thought of God. And the reality is, is you need to use what is in your mouth. You got the ability to bind and you got the ability to break open. And some of you need to start binding stuff that is against the will of God over your life. And some of you need to start loosening and loosen it here on heaven. Loose your promotions in prayer. Loose your healing in prayer. You better start loosening it here on the earth. Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't got time to be going into a corner for you. I don't got time for the devil to try to keep that. He's going to keep winning over my life. He don't got no say in my life. I got the power to bind him. The Bible says that Jesus said he's giving us power to trample over scorpions and snakes. But he said, don't rejoice about that. Rejoice about that your name is written in the book of life. Come on and preach, friend, and I think I will. Shout hallelujah. Jesus. Part three. Oh my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give me number three. I got to move. I got to move. Here we go. He says we should pray with confidence because God hears us. God hears me. I'm not going to spend much time because this was a lot in the message last week. But God hears me. God is a listener. God is a great listener. Here's the deal. Here's what, I, here's what I know. God is a great listener. And God listens and he will talk back. He's not like other folk that you talk to and they want to talk over you. He's not like other folk who 
He just want to hear your business so he can keep it in his back pocket just in case you get off a of track. Some of you got to be careful who you share secrets with anyway. Because with some folk, they just want to know your business. Get all in your Kool-Aid so they can just begin to spread it like a tabloid. Hallelujah. But there's something about God that he is a trustworthy God. God don't have a big mouth. God has a God. Whatever you say to him is confidentiality. And whatever you say to him and whatever you do, God hears you. God hears your complaints. There's nothing wrong to come to God in that. There's nothing wrong coming to God with questions. Most people tell us in the old in, in, in the traditional way of church growing up that you never ask God any questions. That's not biblical. There's many great men and women of God in the Bible that ask God plenty of questions. Uh, well, the, the person I can come to think of is Moses. Moses asked God a whole fleet of questions. Why me? Who am I? What do you want to? Why do I need to do that for? Well, I mean, I don't speak well. <laughs> I talk. I talk like this. It's not good. I got a, you know, I got a speech impediment. I'm a little fearful. I'm 80 some years old. I don't got time for this. Lord, why? I know so many other questions. Job said, why am I still alive? Job asked God questions. There's a lot of people who ask God questions. There's nothing wrong with answer, asking God questions because guess what? He got an answer for him. <laughs> Whether you like his answer or not. God hears you. Go to the verse with me. I believe it's Micah 7, verse 7. It says it like this. Therefore, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the Lord for my salvation. My God, say my God, will hear me. Jesus. Say my God will hear me. I don't care what you got in your mind tonight. I don't care what's in your spirit. You got to know that whatever you take to God, your God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will hear you tonight. That your, your, your voice, God wants to hear your voice. God wants to hear what you have to say because he will hear you. The Bible says that his arm is not too short. That he won't. Oh my God, that he won't hear you. God. Go to me to number four. Go with me to number four. Here it is. I'm moving. We should pray with confidence because God answers prayer. Here's the deal. There is no prayer that God has not answered. No matter whatever, no matter what the answer was. Some of you are in a season of having to wait, which is an answer. Some of you are so caught up in yourself. Some of you are so set on whatever your whatever the thing is that you so pressed about that God that God given you an answer of wait. And that's not enough for you. Some of you are so pressed that you start going in your own strength, thinking that you know more than God. And you're still asking God for an answer that he's already given you. If he's saying wait, then you need to wait. Here's the deal. God, all God's promises are yea and amen. Here's what 1 John chapter 5 verse 14 and 15 is telling us. Listen, you can ask him anything. 
right? Not to say he's going to answer everything. But you can ask him anything. But here's the caveat. You have to ask it according to his will. God is not obligated to bless, any, to bless anything that he has not sanctioned. You want God to bless a relationship that he has not even given you the authority to. You want God to bless a business that he told you to wait on, but you still went forward with it. You want God to bless something that you have not even took to him in prayer to see if this is what you should do. And so then you get frustrated because you put money, you put time, you put energy into it. And then for some of us, we went to college not even asking God what we should go to study. And guess what happened? You spent money, you spent your time, and you can't even use the degree now. And now you're looking at that student loan like, God, God, please, please, if you can help me with this student loan. I can't even use this joker. My God, please burn. <laughs> burn. Let Sally, let Sally May, please, let something happen in their computer system in a glitch to wipe it all away. Has anybody prayed that prayer tonight? God made made a forbearance on everything. Get rid of it all. <laughs> God, please. God, let me tell you something, Lord. If you get rid of this student loan, I tithe every single last cent I got to. <laughs> I give it to the church, Lord. <laughs> please help me. <laughs> please help me. Oh my God, tell them please. You see that phone call come the other day? Yeah, we didn't get it this month. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't really have it this month, but uh, God will take care of you. Faith deposit. Let's put that check on there. Don't clear it until the 15th. Amen. <laughs> God answers prayer. First Peter. First Peter. I'm coming to a close. First Peter chapter 3, I believe. First Peter chapter three, verse 12, it says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ear open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. James chapter five, verse 16 says it this way. It says, uh, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for another uh, uh, that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. All right, let's go to verse 17. It says it like this. And Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed. Here's the deal. His, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Pastor B is not a superman that you come to me and say, Pastor, I know God hears you. So I want you to pray for this. Because I don't know if God will listen to little old me. I have the same nature that you got. I got the same mouth you have. I am not the middleman to God. There is no more middleman. Some people think that just because somebody got a little title means that they're more supernatural than the next person. You and I can do the same thing. Right. It's just a matter of how you put it in practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the issue. 
right? Most people, I can teach you one thing. Look, I can teach you, you, and you all the same thing. But none of you will apply it the same way. Chris can teach three people how to play the drums. But they all have to figure it out for themselves. Yeah. How to apply it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people have a problem of knowing how to put it in application. They can hear it. They can see it. But they can't apply it. Most people come to church, they can hear it. They can see it. But they don't know how to apply it. The problem is, because they don't know how to apply it, it's not working for their lives. And because of that, then they stop because they haven't figured out how to do it. Prayer is not hard. Prayer is not something that you got to pray for an hour or 30 minutes. Prayer is something that you can conversate with God at any time of the day. The reality is, is that you have to understand, as I taught you on Tuesday, how to pray to God. Most of us don't pray because you don't know how to or where to start. You don't know what to say. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a Bible. Let me see that Dom. All his tour Bible. He's getting a new one. (laughs) You can see he spent time with God. Look, 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 listen to him. This, this Bible probably been traveling with Don for a long time. This brother got mask and tape. <laughs> my, man, my man with the arts and crafts on this Bible. <laughs> he would. <laughs> I'm sorry, Minister Don. <laughs> Give it up for Minister Don. <laughs> hear me, hear me. There is there's promises in here that you can pray. Let me tell you something. The whole book of Psalms are nothing but prayers and songs. Pray it. Watch. Watch what happens. Pray it back to God. You can pray the scriptures back to God. I'll show it to you some more on Tuesday night. You pray it back to God. You don't know what to say. Use the textbook. He gave it to you. It's an open book. You can't go wrong when all of it's in the book. Here, here, here's the deal. Wave your phones to me in the air. Wave your phones. Amen. You know what's on your phones? The Google. The Googler. You need a, you need, you need to figure out what you need. I need scriptures on how to scriptures for clarity. Or scriptures to help me trust God. Or whatever your mood is that, say for instance, you're feeling anxious. Type in scriptures for anxiousness. And let's pray those scriptures. It's as simple as Philippians 4 verse 6 says, do not be anxious, Lord. Help me not to be anxious for nothing. Lord, I'm anxious right now on this job. Or if you're feeling angry, somebody made you mad. Lord, please don't let the sun go down on my anger. Lord, let me understand there's another scripture that says vengeance is God's. So, Lord, help me not to spare the rod. (laughs) Oh, Heavenly Father. Keep my tongue, oh God. (laughs) God, you will fight for me. I don't want to lay my hands upon them. I don't want to speak in known tongues that they will understand. 
If they want to talk in that type of way, I have a way to, uh, to, to express myself. But Lord, please help me. Lord, you said, there's another scripture, you are a present help in the time of trouble. Lord, I'm in some trouble. I may have got myself into it, but God, <laughs> please help me. <laughs> Save me from this pit. <laughs> I'm just saying there's ways that you can, there's ways in which you can pray, ladies and gentlemen. That's all I'm telling you. Here's the deal. God answers prayers. The Bible said all his promises are yea and amen. And guess what? You need to thank God for his yeses. But here's what I'm also going to tell you. You better thank God that his answers is sometimes no. Hallelujah. As I'm becoming more mature in life, I'm beginning to understand in this walk that sometimes God's no. Well, let me change that. Most of the times, all of the time, when God says no on something, it is for your own good. Because some of you in this room dodged the whole bullet. If you didn't, oh my God, if God didn't give you a clear no, some of you wanted to talk to certain people, get into relationships with them, and even might go and marry them, but you heard the voice of God saying no, and you better thank God because not his no's are not because he don't love because he don't love you. His no is because he does love you, and he doesn't want to see you go down a path of destruction. You should thank God that when he says no on something or stops you up, it's for your own good. Jesus, I thank God for his yes, but I also am thanking God for his no, because his no didn't stop me up from getting in business with people who don't have integrity. His no has stopped me from getting into a relationship and throwing my life away. I thank God that God said no to some of them jokers. I don't need them anyway. You better thank God he said no. You better thank God that God stopped up things before you got yourself too far out there. You better thank God that God is an answer of prayer. You prayed about it and say, God, I really want to know what your answer is. And God said, no. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. I was hoping for something else. But you better thank God. Because guess what? God's no was a setup for another open door that God opened up for you. Don't you get discouraged in a no. Because behind that no is a door that's opening that's Bigger, greater, exceedingly, abundantly, uh, above all you can ask or think. Shock, stand to your feet. Look at somebody say, You better thank God that He hears you. You better thank God that He hears you. You better thank God that He's an answer of prayer. You better thank God that His nose are set up for a big yes. Look at somebody say, Something big is about to happen to you tonight. If God said no, rejoice in that because there's something greater on the other side. Look at somebody encourage him, say, Something greater is on the other side shock over it tonight 
thank God for his answers tonight. I'm not going to tell you that his nose some don't, sometimes don't feel like it hurt. Sometimes it does. And you, cr you scratch your head and say, why God? But then as time goes by, hallelujah, you begin to understand. I understand why. You said no to this. Let me tell you something. You better thank God I'm telling you now. Because the Lord has so much compassion towards you. God has so much love towards you. And he does not see your foot to be moved tonight. And let me tell you something. Don't go up against God when God gives you a no. Don't go up against God when God shuts things down. It's not a shutdown to make you feel bad. It's not a shutdown to make you feel bad. Matter of fact, it's a setup for something bigger than what you can even imagine in your life tonight. A better relationship a better business a better move a career move I feel an anointing in this place tonight I feel an anointing in this place tonight you better thank God tonight you better thank God for his faithfulness faithfulness towards you his faithfulness and love towards you tonight glory tonight yes Lord Lord, oh my God.